The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. Good evening. I'm glad to see all your faces tonight. I'm glad to be with you here live tonight in this kind of amalgam we've put together, the online and the Zoom Zendo. And I guess tonight I wanted to talk about living in in times of transition, uh, difficult times. Recently, we've all noticed people are venturing back out again. Um, And we've encouraged people who can to come back to practice in person at the Zendo. And the Zendo is new. We moved into it recently. So even those who maybe have been there, it's still kind of a new space and we're getting to know it better. It's a wonderful new space. And I'm not at the Zendo, although I'm in New York, I'm not at the Zendo tonight because the Zendo is juggling right now both this online entity and this in-person entity. And we're a little short-staffed at the uh, Zendo tonight. So it's actually technically easier for me to give this talk via um, Zoom. And I think that that is a notable development because it shows how important our online sangha has become as a result of the challenges of COVID. You know, we were faced with a crisis and to um, make a space where we could continue to practice this whole new avenue opened up. And that's kind of the quality of what I'm looking at tonight. I'm looking at these new pathways that open up as a result of practice in times of challenge. And letting go of fixed ideas of what a Zendo is or what Zazen is or where it needs to happen. And also just ideas of good luck, bad luck, like, dislike, but just to be present with what's coming up now and how to keep a spirit of expansive practice going, even when you may be in a time of challenge. So in looking at what what to work with tonight, I mean, what koan kind of acts as a die for me of what has been happening. I I settled on case six in the Blue Cliff record. Yunman's every day is a good day. Yunman said, I don't ask you about before the 15th day but try and say something about after the 15th day. Yunman himself answered, every day is a good day. I guess he didn't get an answer at first and he supplied it. Every day is a good day. 
And for those who are content and happy, this koan is very much on the nose. But I have to say, when I first encountered it, every day is a good day can sound like those um, yellow smiley faces that were on office walls in, in the 60s. And they actually um, became so ubiquitous. I mean, they're an emoji now that smiley face. And so, you know, it, it has maybe that trite quality on the surface. But actually, it's um, teaching is quite subtle, and quite profound. And practicing in a time of COVID is a, an, another development that's helped me see this because COVID is a time that's really ignited anxiety. I mean, there's even a name for it, COVID anxiety syndrome. And so it's, it's a real thing that's come up for people who have experienced COVID in many different ways. And for some of us, it's um, intensified uh, anxiety that we may have already had. So it's anxiety on top of anxiety. And I'm no stranger to um, anxiety. I've been dealing with it in different ways all my life, uh, even as a baby. Uh, and I have this on word from my mother. I would rock back and forth. There's such a nervous kid. I would rock back and forth in my crib that the, the crib would actually, because it was on casters, it would start moving to the other side of the room. And so, you know, for a second, I, I can see this possessed crib moving back and forth the bedroom floor. And over the years, um, you know, the anxiety hasn't gone away, but I've developed a number of different ways of dealing with it. And some were much more productive than others. But many years ago, I started uh, practicing Zen Buddhism. It sounds funny to say many years ago, because I feel very dated. But um, one of the things that drew me to it is it allowed me to work with my anxiety in new ways. Um, and and, and try, really trying not to separate from it, just really recognizing it as it operates in my life. And different things would come up. I would see different things. Uh, one of them is that my anxiety comes from different sources. It's, it's, or it, it is different sources. My, my parents uh, were big worriers and for good reason. They grew up in very trying times, both of them, one through the Great Depression, the other as an adolescent on um, uh, a battlefield during World War II. So they, they had this innate worry, but there was something operating that was beyond them just being nervous by nature. Um, in Italian culture, there's this whole tradition of bad luck if um, if you be too happy or if, if you are too happy rather or if somebody um, gives you effusive praise kind of over the top uh, 
and it's you know there's a name for it it's called malocchio the evil eye and the evil eye is like a curse it operates uh as a curse that one inadvertently perhaps even gives to another by um usually by effusive praise that's that's usually uh the way and the the symptoms of it include um if if someone has put the evil eye on you that it brings on bad luck poor health loss and this is why um in italy is and this is true I, i saw this growing up any um if you start complimenting a baby like, oh, what a cute baby. So, so they'll say, say, God bless. You have to say God bless after like this effusive praise to you do that to ward off the evil eye. And there's deep, there are charms. There's the cornicello, which is that little, it looks like a twisted red pepper, but it's actually a little horn. And uh, you, you put that on your car mirror or you pin it to your shirt or and if you don't have it you just make this the, the sign of the uh, horns to ward off the evil eye and i i imagine for some of you the this idea of the evil eye is not you, you know some of it from other cultures you come um, from because it's uh basically in many cultures you um uh it exists in Judaism, uh, in Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, in ancient Greece and Rome. It, it it's existed and flourished to common uh, to uh, current times. So um, years ago, uh, one of my Turkish students gave me a talisman, a little um, Nazar Bonkuk. And it's, it has these blue eyes all over it. And it, it was, um, it's a Turkish talisman for warding off evil. But it's also a good luck charm. So I was in, interested in the way that a, um, a talisman against a curse is also a good luck charm. And that they're not really, these, these ideas of good and bad luck aren't really intertwined. They're connected. They're relative to one another. Keeping uh, off evil allows good health and um, happiness and conditions we associate with good luck to flourish. And this whole idea of luck in the broader picture is it's a word that we use when we're we're trying to almost limit what what's going to happen. It's either going to be good luck or bad luck. It's it's creating these distinctions. You know, sometimes I feel very unlucky. Uh, recently, I flew cross country on the day that the FAA system failed. And so, you know, I, along with every other person um, who was trying to fly that day, was grounded in an airport pretty much the whole day. But, and, and, and you know, I think for most of us, we felt pretty unlucky having flown on that day. 
but that day was about so much more, you know, it was about the conversations we struck up um, sitting next to people sitting in the gate uh, with us sitting uh, where the gate was. Or it was about trying to find something, you know, decent to eat in an airport. It, there was so much more than it just being bad luck. And I think, you know, that's circling back to why I think Yunlun's um, every day, it's a good day, is such a valuable practice because it doesn't give good ideas or I, um, or it doesn't give ideas of good or bad luck a place to stick. Uh, it's a challenge every day, it's a good day, uh, to wipe out the distinctions that we're making between having and not having, between uh, good, bad, but it's not wiping it all out into this kind of obliviousness because it's subtle what, what it's really asking us to do. Having an awful travel day really sucks. And, you know, having a, a, a hip that's aching uh, is also sucks. Uh, it, it doesn't mag magically disappear by reciting this mantra, every day is a good day. But perhaps this koan asks us to just be present with um, what's coming up. How, what is, what is our practice in this moment? And we're not talking about getting rid of these distinctions and, and going into the state of oblivious samadhi, kind of floating above it all. Because even when we have like these moments of expansive awareness, it's fleeting, it passes. There's nothing to uh, hold on to. And that's also what he's, he's pointing to um, in this case. And I see that in the way it begins. He, he asks, I don't ask you about the 15th day but try and say something about after the 15th day. I was wondering what was going on here and a little bit of um, research, some background, tells us that in China, the 15th day of the month is associated with the full moon and enlightenment. So, you know, essentially what he's saying, I'm not asking you about enlightenment but what happens after try and say something about that when you're back in the mud and Yunman um, really knew a lot about challenging times because um, historically he's um, said to have uh, lived in the middle of the ninth century to the middle of the 10th and this is an interesting time because it's when the, the Tang dynasty was collapsing in on itself. It was a really difficult time, chaotic, uh, social upheaval everywhere, continuous warfare. But even during these challenging times, 
he stood out with his practice and his example. And he's included in a number of koans that we study. And, and many of them are really wonderful in, in how they can just continuously pointing to just this. Right now, warts and all. Even with the challenges, it's this vast existence that your life is moving through. So, and this I, well, this beauty actually is commented on again and again in what we study. Lei-Men Pang understood and practiced this with his everyday Zen in uh, subtleties of life. Uh, Lei-Men Pang, when asked by Shitu, what have you been doing, makes up this verse. What I do is nothing special. I simply stumble around. What I do is not thought out. Where I go is unplanned. No matter who tries to leave their mark, the hills and dales are not impressed. Collecting firewood and carrying water are the prayers that reach the gods. This every day, you know, it's about the every day. However you collect firewood and carry water in your life, maybe it's some um, walking the dog or carrying groceries. These are the same venerable prayers that Lei-Men Pang is, is offering to the gods. And it comes back to, you know, this, what can happen when you don't like separate from your chores? Uh, as if this is something I have to get done because I want to go and do that. That's what I really want to do. Because uh, once you stop doing that, it really creates a difference in the quality of your life. You're not so miserable when you're doing your chores. Maybe you're more open and the quality of your life improves. And we we're learning that, you know, we can just let things be as they are. Even our reactions, just let them be as they are. I had a moment yesterday. Um, uh, I was coming back from the vet and I was huffing and puffing. I had the, the cat in a box and I'm climbing and uh, he's a big dude and I'm climbing up all these stairs and all of a sudden um, something in my bag hit a pipe in the hallway and it just came out like a resounding gong. And for that moment, I was, um, I did, all of a sudden it, it, things really opened up and I, I had this comic image of this old bag trying to climb a flight of stairs with a pissed off angry tabby cat in her hand. And I, that was my life at that moment. And it was quite wonderful just to, to completely embrace it. 
And perhaps I think one of the best summaries, or one that's meaningful to me, of, of what I'm getting at here is, um, is embodied in this quote from Charlotte Joko Beck. Life always gives us exactly the teacher we need at every moment. This includes every mosquito, every misfortune, every red light, every traffic jam, every obnoxious supervisor or employee, every illness, every loss, every moment of joy or depression, every addiction, every piece of garbage, every breath. Every moment is the guru. And there's, you know, life always does give us the teacher we need in the moment. Every moment is the guru. Every day is a good day. <laughs>